welcome to Deeply Rooted Online, where women encourage women by sharing scripture and stories of God at work. Welcome back, ladies, to another Deeply Rooted Devo. I'm here again with Carrie Fellows and with Linda Seabrook, who we had on last week. Um, And if you didn't hear last week's, Linda is the Director of Women's Ministry at Redemption Bible Chapel in London, Ontario. Well, thanks so much for having me, Martha and and Carrie. Um, Yeah, I want to share some practical things today regarding when if you're going through a divorce or any major event, trial in your life, as well as how the church can come alongside. So it's been almost 20 years. Um, since I went through a divorce, but I can still remember significant moments that occurred. And I think the reason why I can recall those moments so well is because of the emotion that went along with them. At, At times I was so stressed out that I could just feel the stress physically in my body. And the thing with divorce is that there are usually no meal trains, no flowers, often no notes of encouragement, yet a woman going through divorce, she can be carrying a lot of anxiety, maybe a lot of anger, usually fear, possibly shame. So there's no perfect words to say to someone in those moments. I still wish I had the words to say I don't, but there is reassurance that comes from sitting with someone, Um, the comfort that I can now offer to others tells me there's redemption in every story when we give it to God, isn't there? Even when we can't see it at the time. And, and even if things don't turn out the way we hoped and prayed. In 1 Corinthians 7, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul writes this, for the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. And then he goes on to say, but if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. So I admit when my spouse left, I did some things well, and I did some things not so well. So for the woman says, you know, my spouse just left. I don't know what to do. Maybe you're further along in your journey even. Here are some pearls of wisdom, I would call them, but they're not mine. They're they're straight from God's word. It's really easy to become unraveled in the midst of marital chaos like this. In those desperate times, we often find ourselves at our worst, don't we? Um, We can get derailed about everything we've ever known to be true in our life. And I talked about this in the other, you know, episode. We need to decide at those moments, am I going to trust in and believe in everything I said I have all along? Um, But sometimes we have wrong emotions, which leads to wrong thinking, which leads to wrong behavior and wrong choices. And it's really vital to make wise choices at this time in our lives based on what the word of God says instead of what we may feel. So if I was going through it again, this is what I might say to myself. And first of all, I would say, keep looking to Christ. God can seem really far away when we experience disappointment or heartbreak and loss. It's sometimes hard to focus. We might feel like we're in a desert or, you know, just wandering aimlessly. But this is, you know, just the time when we need to be assured of who God is and what his promises mean to us. 
And funny enough, studies even show that time with God in prayer actually reduces stress and lowers our blood pressure. So spending time with God is good for the body and soul. So I would just say, be consistent in reading God's word. You know, as we look throughout scripture, the Psalms give us that opportunity to lament and cry. The gospels encourage us through the teachings of Jesus and we can learn what it means to suffer as he he has suffered. The epistles, you know, tell us that he cares about every of our every detail of our lives as he's working all things towards um you know, making us into who he he wants us to be. So we need all of those things, all of that scripture in our lives when things are turned upside down. And then pray, pray the Psalms, pray the prayers of Paul. Some great resources I've used are um, praying the Bible by Donna Whitney or Valley Vision, which are Puritan prayers. They're great resources when we may struggle to know what to pray or how to pray for ourselves. Or maybe you would like to journal your prayers because that helps um, you put your thoughts and your emotions, you know, into words to God, but don't fall away from Christ. Don't run away from him. Instead, run to him. And then second, and I would say stay in church. That's a hard one. But show up the next week and the next and the next. Worship, teaching, serving, community within the body of Christ. These are all really important to us at these times in our lives. You know, on the first Sunday after we moved back um, from where we've been living, we were living for my parent with my parents for a while when we moved back. And my parents and my daughters got ready for church. And I just said, I'm not going. I'm planning on staying home. But my youngest was really not cool with that. So I decided to get uh, ready, quickly got ready to attend church. And this is a church where I'd grown up, where plenty of people knew me well. And I got there. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to answer any questions. I didn't even want to pretend that I was fine because I wasn't. But I showed up and I showed up the next week and the next. And the first few Sundays, I admit they were not easy. They were very, very hard. But before I knew it, my daughters and I were finding community and receiving the care that we needed. And that was so important to us because it's so easy to isolate and hide in the midst of our pain and our grief and our loss. It's, you know, quite normal to want to stay home or lay on the couch and drown in our sorrows. Now we can maybe just watch church online, but God's given us the body of Christ and we need it, um, especially in these desperate times. So attend Sunday services, join a small group or a Bible study, even find a place to serve in some small way. It, it means taking that first step, but God will give you the courage and strength to do it. You know, when the children's director asked my girls and I, it was about four months into us being at the church, she asked us to participate in a Christmas musical. And it was the first Christmas that we were on our own. And she probably never realized what a precious gift that she was giving us. But it never would have been, it never would have happened if I'd stayed home, um, even on the Sundays would, when it took everything for me to get out of bed. So I would say stay in church. And then third, keep your emotions in check. Our emotions flow out of what's in our hearts. They really reveal who we are. And 
I know when I set up idols of safety or security and control instead of trusting in God's sovereign plan and care for me, I fail to navigate my emotions in a God-honoring way. So I really had a struggle with anger through my divorce. And it really showed that I failed to trust God with my life and the lives of my daughters. So releasing that anger just meant surrendering that to him, you know, not just once, but day after day. And how do we keep our emotions in check, practically speaking? Well, I would say pray, pray a lot for the Holy Spirit to give you self-control. But little things like don't speak about an ex-spouse in a derogatory way to others. Save those conversations for you and God. Um, don't put your children in the middle or privy to information that they don't need to know. You need to be someone who is trustworthy and a safe place and an encourager. So instead, love them and laugh with them and pray with them. And maybe it even means getting some biblical counseling, which helps us learn to deal with our emotions in a God-honoring way through the power of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of his word. So the Psalms are full of cries and laments to God. It's a template for exercising our own pain in a really biblical way. And even now, as I drive to work in the morning or, you know, get up and planning my day out, I always pray Psalm 19, 14 over my life because I know I need it. Um, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I know my heart controls what I feel, what I desire, what I think, and and inevitably what I say and how I act. So I need to be committing those things to him. I would say, fourthly, choose your friends wisely. Um, My daughters, they had babies two years apart, one in 2021, one in 2022. So much has changed in the way that babies are cared for since I had my own. And back in the day, you know, we'd ask our mothers or a couple of friends for parenting advice, but, you know, maybe we'd read a book or two, but now it's just a click. There's no amount of information available to young women in motherhood. Well, the same goes for us when we're looking for wise counsel and there's a mountain of advice or opinions. So when you're going through the pain of a divorce, choose trustworthy friends who offer biblical wisdom you know, engage with counselors who confront matters of the heart from God's point of view. Read books and listen to online content that's God-focused and theologically sound, not just full of self-help or self-care tips. We don't need to be enabled or discouraged in our pain. So I would even say it's okay to step away from judgmental, unhelpful, even toxic people that may be in our lives. Um The truth of God's word provides life and hope that will last a lifetime and beyond because it's rooted in the worship of God. So we need to spend time with friends who are godly and are pointing us to God's word. Then I would say practice gratitude. When my ex-husband left, um, amongst many changes, I was looking for a new home. But I met this woman named Shirley, and she was a real estate agent, and she'd gone through a divorce many years before. And as I shared a bit of my story, she just said these life-giving words to me. She said, Linda, it will get better. And those words didn't change my situation, but they gave me what I needed to keep going on that particular day. And I've never forgotten that divinely appointed meeting. So there's just something always to be grateful for in every moment, no matter what's going on in our lives. 
um, the beauty of nature, the blessing of a meal, the comfort of a place to rest, the kindness of a friend, the joy of salvation, the freedom of forgiveness, the hope of eternity. It counters our negativity and our self-pity. It gets our eyes off ourselves and our problems. So, you know, keep track of everyday blessings in a journal. Or I know friends that have a thankfulness jar. They just put something they're thankful for in every day. And then on looking back, the hand of God will undoubtedly be found in everywhere, even when we could not see it at the time. One thing that we can lean on is is the help of the Holy Spirit. And so if you um, have your Bibles, we could turn to John 14 together and verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I don't know about you, but I just get this big sigh of relief when I read those words. So it's just kind of a reminder that, I mean, yeah, we all go through really hard times, but we can find relief in the word. I think it's so important that we don't run from it in the midst of our problems, but we run to it, right? Absolutely. That's a great verse. One of the the ones that you want to hold on to for when you're in deep waters. You know, I've shared some things that I think are things that I needed to learn as I went through my own struggle. But I've also realized, you know, going forward and as a ministry director, as a church, as sisters in Christ, we need to get better at helping those are exper- who are experiencing divorce because it can be very lonely and very isolating. And as I said at the beginning, it's it, it doesn't come with a lot of support sometimes because I think people aren't sure what to do, what to say, how to approach it. But I would just say, if you see a woman who is going through a divorce and the, the process of a marital breakdown, some things, first of all, just commit to be there for the long haul, to be willing to walk alongside that woman, expecting that this is not going to be over in a day or a month or even a year. You know, once the papers are signed, it's not done. And, you know, now we're on to good things. This is a long journey of processing what has happened. And for some women, it takes longer than others, even getting back on their feet again. And then I would say, just extend the invitation. Set an extra plate at your table during holidays. Um, Invite single parents and their children over for dinner. Include them in your family outings. It's very um, easy to not know where you fit in as a single mom. You're not single, but you're not married. So just including divorced women, especially if they have children in your, in your family is, is a big thing. And if it's a single, if it's a woman now who doesn't have children and is divorced and on her own, yeah, that's important as well, because she is, she's really struggling with, with loneliness now after her marriage has ended. And then I would say, you know, just show grace, but also while speaking truth, it's a delicate balance because divorce can leave a person really vulnerable and raw, but you can't say what they want to hear. You need to say what the word of God tells tells them they need to hear. And so it's it like I said, 
it's, it's a delicate balance. And again, I would also say to that divorced woman, if, if you are really struggling in your church and, and feel like no one is coming alongside, um, you need to show grace as well. God knows, and he knows your pain. And I've needed to remind myself of that time and time again, people will get it wrong. They'll be awkward. They may be aloof, maybe even absent in your life, but God alone is perfect. And we're all a work in progress. And even when you do feel alone, he promises to never leave us or forsake us. You know, just to close with this little story, that was such an encouragement to my life. I remember the Sunday when friends from church showed up at my front door to to bless me and my daughter with groceries. They had a grocery shower as we moved into our new home. We just settled into our new place. And now I had enough laundry detergent. It actually lasted me a whole year. So God used the kindness of others to remind me of his kindness in my life. Um, and it was just a very small thing. And we can do such small things to others. And we have no idea the impact that it has on them. I appreciate what you've said. It's been really, really helpful. And so my friends, um, I just encourage you in this way to uh, reach out to others, even though it might be uncomfortable and try to be helpful because you are deeply rooted in Christ. You can help this woman stay deeply rooted in him as well. Thanks for joining us at Deeply Rooted today. If God has been speaking to you and you want to connect with someone for prayer, email us at deeplyrooted at myharvestchurch.ca. Be sure to subscribe to this channel to receive notifications when new content is released. And finally, let's stay connected with one another and deeply rooted in Christ.